Today on Church and State, we'll be joined by the American shaman, Jacob Angeli Chansley. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren, once again, your favorite far-right shock jocks and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. I think I butchered the name a little bit, didn't I? No, not too bad. Okay. Yeah, say, hey, you know it. This is the only podcast that we're willing to take the two most controversial subjects, faith and politics, put them in the same room, and Jesus Christ is king, smack dab in the middle. Amen to that. All right, hey, everybody go to churchandstate.media. This show in particular, you are going to want to download and share. This is going to be probably one of the most fascinating interviews that we've ever done here on this episode, and we've had some big names, uh, so remember that. This is going to be one of those shows you're going to want to watch and share. Uh, take advantage of all our fine affiliates, and I'm so excited to bring on our guest. I'm not going to uh, talk about any specific ones, but just check them out and uh, and get yourself prepared uh, so that you don't end up in those government bread lines, that you're healthy, uh, and that you can fight back against the system. Donate to us as well. You can hit that donate button. And last but not least, uh, Church and State 1776 at Proton.me. That is our email. Please continue to uh, just smash us with emails. We love getting them. So uh, with that, uh, this is an individual that... Uh, Pretty much everybody in America is familiar with. Came the with. poster board. Yes. And uh, he, was, he was dubbed the QAnon shaman. And, uh, you know, he doesn't like that. And I, I don't like that either. Uh, and so he, he was really going by the American shaman now, uh, which, I, which I, I greatly prefer. Love. Yes. Uh, but this is an individual who really America became, well, he became known to America because of January 6th. And, you know, the most dangerous event ever to occur in American history, greater than Pearl Harbor, greater than, than the Civil War, than 9-11, all that stuff, all that garbage, right? And we all know it was, a, it was actually a peaceful protest, not like the Summer of Love that was dubbed the, the, uh, the peaceful protest. So, Jacob, thank you so much for joining us on Church and State. Thank you for having me, gentlemen. God bless you. Hey, God bless you too as well, sir. So, you know, we actually, we were talking a little bit off camera and all three of us are, are really tired of this J6 insurrectionist stuff. And so we actually don't want to talk too much about that subject as we interview you. Uh, but for the audience, just so they kind of have, you know, a, a resume, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, just open it up with a little bit of that and, uh, and then we'll move on to some more interesting subjects. Sure. So what a lot of people don't know is that I went to the second MAGA Million March on December 12th, and I was in full regalia, and the media did not give me any attention whatsoever because it did not fit their narrative. But having me inside the building, they exploited that opportunity. The shocking images that took place outside the building where there was people clashing with police, destruction of property, and stuff like that, that was shocking to the cognitive system. But those things did not happen inside of the building. So they needed something that was an equally shocking image inside the building to create the illusion that what happened outside also happened inside. And that's where they chose to exploit my image, which I think was a very large mistake on their part because they tried to paint me as something that I'm not. And once Tucker Carlson released that footage, I think it that was the beginning of creating the fracture in the J6 narrative and opening the door for people to question the official government and media narrative. I, I completely agree with you. That's that's exactly what happened is, you know, the, the media had done a very good job of portraying, you know, just people who love America as, as these wild men, you know, these domestic terrorists. And, uh, you know, especially you with you, you're so well spoken, you, you, you understand political philosophy and ideologies and uh, they never saw you coming. You know, they, they couldn't expect this. Like the guy in face paint and, and you know, in this is Buffalo hat, you know, wait, he's, he's that well-spoken. He, you know, he can defend the principles of Liberty that well. They didn't expect you. No, they did not. And the funny thing is, is now that I have done enough research about January 6th, I'm pretty much able to articulate what happened and why it happened. Um, it was a setup. It was a deep state setup. Um, Chief Sund 
was stripped of his emergency powers to invoke the National Guard at will a couple weeks before January 6th by uh, Pelosi and McConnell. Then when he placed in the paperwork to get the National Guard there, they denied the National Guard because of a, a lack of evidence and bad optics. Now, when we talk about that lack of evidence part, well, the Pentagon didn't get the evidence to Chief Sun that they knew there was going to be over a dozen terrorists in the crowd. The FBI didn't get the information to Chief Sun about what they suspected might happen regarding violence. And Yogananda Pittman, the chief intelligence officer in the Capitol at the time, she didn't get any of this information to Chief Sun either. And so in this sense, it wasn't an intelligence failure. It was intelligence suppression so that the cops, the Capitol Police, Metropolitan Police, could and would be set up so that agents within the crowd, whether they be Antifa, BLM, or federal agents, could provoke their uh, the breaching of the barriers and you know crimes being committed. And then from there on, what we saw was largely a psyop. The media said that four police officers were killed. That's not true. They ignored the fact that there were peaceful protesters that were killed. They also used my image and chose to make me the face of the J6 events. And in the process, they also dubbed the reason why they went with the insurrection narrative was because they were trying to get Trump off the ballot. They're trying to make it to where he couldn't run again. And they also tried to use it as an excuse to label Trump supporters as domestic extremists, domestic terrorists. And as um, Kyle Seraphim and uh, uh, Stephen Friend say, that there's a new category in the FBI that they're calling agave, which is anti-government, anti-authority, violent right. extremists. Right. And that's how they're creating this illusion that the Trump supporters are somehow a threat to the country. And it's they're using these labels to circumvent these individuals' constitutional rights through things like the Patriot Act. Thank you, George H.W. Bush. They're, they're, I'm sorry, thank you, George W. Bush, rather. And they're trying to circumvent our constitutional rights by giving us these labels through things like the Patriot Act. Now, looking back at this, Jacob, we... we we have so many people that eventually, you know, more footage was revealed. We saw Capitol Police actually opening barricades as far as, you know, doors being open. We just spoke with somebody, Derek uh, Evans, who said he was fist bumped on, was it the East Wing he came in yep. through? Um, there was maybe a different reception for you. Uh, but the American public saw you. And I'm just going to come out guns blazing because, I, you know, here's what our, our minds have been taught through so many false flag events. All of us are seeing you in your most enigmatic form. Like it's absolutely forever like etched in my brain. The buffalo horns on top of your head and colored in blue. You looked absolutely formidable. Grabbing the gavel. And, and, and to me... It, when I saw, I thought this dude is an insider. He's he's part of the system. He's part of the FBI, or maybe he's an operative. And then you did hard time. You know, defend your position. You're free, and not only you're free, you're intelligent, and you're and you're able to articulate. I'm not a part of the system. People who are a little bit suspicious, how how can you ward that off? Because you're running for Congress, and I want to be able to vote for you with a clear conscience. Well, if you want to see. What I would say is indicative of a federal agent and the treatment they get in the media and by the government. Look no further than Ray Epps. There it is. Look at look at the way that the media went to bat for him. Look at the way that the government hesitated to arrest him. And now that he has been arrested and charged, all he got was 12 months probation. He's literally one of the only people other than Nick Fuentes that is on camera telling people to go into the Capitol. And if you look and see what happened to me in the media, the way that they maligned me, the way that they twisted my image, the way that they used terms like white supremacist, violent extremists, right. conspiracy theorists, all this other jargon and garbage. And then you look at the way the government was like in tandem with that and the way that they used me as an example for the public of this is what happens. Do you see what happens? Um, I would say that 10 and a half months in solitary, 27 months behind bars, uh, 29 months total in federal custody, that is not the Ray Epps treatment whatsoever. The way the media maligned me, that is not the Ray Epps treatment whatsoever. 
Got so you. I don't I think I think that the the notion that I'm a Fed or CIA or some sort of like a deep state crisis actor is absolutely ludicrous. And anybody that really looks into what it is that I've said, anybody that reads my book, One Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion, anybody that watches my videos, listens to my podcast, listens to my spaces, they know. Just you judge a tree by its fruits. If I was something like that, why would I be coming out and talking about restructuring the government? And why would I be talking about the systemic corruption that has plagued our lives for decades? Why would I be exposing all of this stuff? The government doesn't like their dirty laundry, you know, hung out to dry. And that's what I've been doing for a while. Yes, that's so good. Uh, <laughs> quite the rebuke. Um, now, I want to talk about your run for Congress because you are literally terrifying to the deep state in that you are not part of the political system. You are not a Democrat. You are not a Republican. You are a Libertarian. Now, the Libertarian Party has had the problem of, you know, not being on the ballots and, you know, they kind of poo-poo them, you know, they, they, you know they're never going to win. Here's the thing. When we get a Libertarian, and, and, and case in point is uh, Kane, the wrestler, who is now a, a government official as a Libertarian, when you find somebody that has as much pull as you do, has, who has much as much media attention, there's a real shot for somebody such as yourself getting in there as a third-party candidate into Congress. Correct. And I understand why maybe the leadership of the Libertarian Party hasn't gotten behind somebody like myself, because they've had enough humiliation. Their candidates rarely ever win, rarely ever get enough signatures. Uh, there's you know, a lot of controversy regarding some of the ways that certain individuals in the past have tried to use the Libertarian Party to push their agenda. Um, so I understand, but I really, I think it's a bad move because when it comes right down to it, my campaign platform is something that everybody, Libertarian, Republican, Democrat, Green Party, Independent, all of these voters can agree on my campaign platform. And if the Libertarian Party uh, hierarchy were to actually just listen to what I have to say, they'd be like, my God, let's put this guy out front. He actually might be one of the first Libertarians to win a seat in you know, the 8th Congressional District or get to the Congress and actually create the systemic change that they've been looking for for a long time. Yeah, and, and let's just let's just examine those real quick because, uh, as you said, regardless of your party, you can get behind these issues. Single bill voting, uh, wow, that doesn't sound yeah. problematic at all. That we would you know make make these long long bills and we add all this stuff in there and you never know what's getting passed and the, and the congressmen and senators never even read it. Right, so single bill voting, yeah, I think we can get behind that. Term, Term limits. limits, I think we can see that there is a massive problem in our current government where these people are making it. Uh, you literally see synaptic like stall out where it reminds me of a reboot for like a Windows, you know. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Nancy Pelosi and yeah, Mitch McConnell and Mitch just staring. McConnell, yeah. He just literally stares in the distance. Yeah, so that's that's elder abuse. Yeah, banning insider trading. Uh, yeah, uh, once again, I'm completely going to support that and no lobbying. Right, ban the lobbying. Uh, you know, those are the kind of things that make me want to say, "Hey, on church and state, we endorse you." you. <laughs> Before you, yeah. So I mean, I mean, talk about that. Those four issues and why they're so important. Well, creating a single bill voting law is essential because, like you said, a lot of the time the congressman is not even reading the bills that they're voting on, and in most cases, the staff is the one writing the law or the bill, not even the congressman. They're just the face for it. They're just the actor in front of the camera saying the lines for the television. Um, also, think about this. When it comes to single bill uh, issues, if, for example, we pass this single bill voting law, and that means that now all things like special interest spending has to be a single bill. That means all things for like, um, like, for example, for the border, that's a single bill now. We don't have to tie that to funding for Ukraine. Right. Mm -hmm. yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And anyone and everyone that votes for the special interest group spending, right, they oust themselves as somebody owned by the special interest group, you see? And anybody that votes against the border bill doesn't have an excuse other than they're for corruption. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're for the porous border. Um, then there's other things like um, if and when they vote no on certain bills or yes on others – 
We get to see who their special interest or corporate sponsor or NGO or whatever is based on the way they vote. So kind of like how NASCAR people wear their corporate logo sponsors on their uniform, we're now going to start seeing the corporate sponsor logos on the lapels of these congressional representatives. Now, the, the term limits isn't just for Congress members. It's also for staff. Because the staff are actually the part of the real problem. And in many cases, the staff get paid more than the actual congressmen. And they're in there for years, decades. They're the ones drafting these thousand-page bills. Okay, so creating an amendment for term limits for congressmen and staff, it debilitates the corruption aspect. Because think about it. If you're able to corrupt a single congressman, and that congressman is staying in power for 20, 30, 40 years, right? Then you corrupted that seat in the House for that amount of time. And if you're able to do that again and again and again to, to the point to where you've circumvented the checks and balances portion of the Congress, then you have this corrupt apparatus writing these laws in tandem with their staff that are antithetical to American productivity and progress and actually enable the corporations or the corruption to grow exponentially at the expense of tax dollars and the American people. Um, when it comes to a criminalization of lobbying, any Congress member that's against that, guess what that means? That means they're getting money from lobbyists. Okay, So in this way, what a lot of these things do is they oust the Congress member by seeing how they vote. And lobbying is just, it's bribery with a middleman. All right, that's really all it is. And it's through lobbying that the NGOs, the special interest groups, the international corporations, international banking cartels end up corrupting our Congress members. That's one aspect to the corruption. And then the final uh, promise that I'm making is to create a bill and a law where there are seven-figure fines, expulsion, and prosecution for all Congress members caught insider trading. Wow. So if they vote against that, what are they likely doing? Insider trading. And it's going to be a single bill. So it's going to start with single bill voting law, then an amendment for term limits for congressmen and staff, then a criminalization of lobbying, then the seven-figure fines, expulsion, and prosecution for all Congress members caught insider trading. So each of these are going to be single bills. There's no reason for them to be like, oh, no, I don't like that. Now, here's what's interesting about it, though. When it comes to things like insider trading, that's another aspect to the corruption because when the... Uh, Congress member gets these bills and this bill has a bunch of money that's being spent on a certain NGO or something, then they go and they buy stock in that NGO, which means they have a vested interest in ensuring that bill passes. Also, um, when it comes to all of these things in tandem together, it is a systematic dismantling of the systemic corruption that is plaguing our government. And, and this isn't just something that I'm talking about doing on a federal level. I'm talking about setting an example. We need to do this in state governments as well, because there's deep states all across the country. Every, every one of the 50 states has lobbyists. They all have insider trading. They all have uh, Congress members that have been way too long. And they're all passing these like thousand page, 2000 page long bills. So it's about creating a very, multiple very real obstacles to corruption through legislation in a way that makes corruption illegal. These are all tangible. Yeah. These are all for real. I keep hearing in my head Kamala try to explain where Ukraine is. Yeah. And then I also hear Fetterman trying to have a conversation. Like, I'm just going to say in all humility, you're brilliant, brother. And God has given you oh, a talent you. And, and you need to use this to, to the full ability that God's placed in you because you, you are absolutely caps off. I, I get so sick of listening to what they're putting out as far as the left. And I, I just want to ask you a question. Where do you lean? And I hate putting, I hate putting a label on you. I know you're a libertarian. <clears throat> as far as conservative issues and things like that of, 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 a, of a secular nature, where do you lean as far as like property rights you know, uh, you know, the ability, to, you know, to to tell the government, no, you cannot. My, your 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 jurisdiction stops where my skin begins. I don't want an injection from you. 
and, and, and unless I choose to have it. Where, where, where do you put yourself on the spectrum? Because I, I know you're a libertarian. Where do you put yourself on the spectrum as far as conservative values? And I don't want to put any words in your mouth. Well, I think that my whole thing is freedom, liberty, and that means small government. I think that at this point, what we've kind of come to see with people like George W., George H.W. Bush, um, people like Barack Obama, Joe Biden, is that it doesn't really matter if it's establishment Republican or establishment Democrat. They're both going to create laws, legislation. Um, they're both going to uh, get judges in the courts that, or create an administration that is essentially authoritarian. And these individuals are attempting to use the levers of government power to enforce, through the government's monopoly on the initiation of that force, to enforce their own, quote-unquote, moral agenda on the rest of the population. And I think that that is antithetical to what our founders had envisioned when they founded our country. Um, when it comes to things like the Second Amendment, we need more guns in the country. We need to have. We need to stop having these these laws. The, the you know or no gun zones or gun free zones and stuff. That's absolutely ludicrous. If you look at where all the mass shootings happen, where do they happen in gun free zones? Mm -hmm. Hello. Um, but then there's other things like with the conservatives where I, I tend to disagree. For example. I don't believe that the government should have the capability of executing its own citizens. I don't believe in the death penalty. But in the same breath, I will also say that I'm largely against the idea of aborting a fetus. Um, now, do I think that the government should use its legislative powers to dictate how people live their lives? And in all honesty, no, I do not. Um, I do understand the moral argument regarding like protecting innocent life like a, a, a fetus, but... I learned in prison that it's kind of like, I believe it was Socrates or maybe it was Aristotle that said that good men do not need laws to know how to live and corrupt men or evil men will find a way around those laws, right? So you can never legislate morality. Yes, that's right? true. And anytime anybody has tried to do that, it's backfired tremendously. Look at what happened with the prohibition of alcohol. It created the mafia and the mob, right? And if you look at what's happening, for example, with all drug laws, for that matter, how it's creating a criminal underclass, it's creating a black market that actually is being used by the CIA to get black budget money to fund foreign wars in other countries, so that they can topple governments and install puppet governments. So the issue for me when it comes to like conservative values is that it's not so much about using the government's ability to enforce rules to push a moral agenda. When it comes to government, what it's about is doing for the people what they cannot do for themselves and then leaving them alone for the rest of it. Let them make up their own minds. Um, and we're not seeing that. We're not seeing that at all. We're seeing the government's monopoly on the initiation of force being employed to reinforce the monopolies that certain corporations or banking cartels have on our resources, on our labor, and on our currency. Now, so for me, you know, I, I, um, I, I do believe that every single law is a moral law. Uh, so I, I believe as we look at the purpose of government is to secure rights. That's what our Declaration of Independence says, right? Secure rights. These are God-given rights, natural rights that we all retain. So life, liberty, property, right? If a government is going to legislate laws to protect those things, and I'm with you, you know, if we can't be as conservatives pro-death penalty and then pro-life. Like, what's going on there? There's a disconnect there. I think the problem with the current government is they're not trying to legislate morality. They're trying to legislate immorality. Right. And that's really what we're seeing on here. And this is why I can stand behind somebody such as yourself who is doing, you know, talking about these things, single bill voting, you know, all these issues. I, I, would, add, I, I would want one addition on the single bill voting. Can you also ban their ability to vote present? Can we do that? Can we discuss that topic? Right. That is a great idea. And something else I'd like I'm going to add into that is that 
what we also have to do is make it to where because they're they're expecting these Congress members to read like 2000 page bills in 48 hours. Right. So what we need to do is create a single bill voting law so that these bills are now like 50 to 100 pages at the most. Right. And then we need to make those bills public on a government website before anybody is voting on it so that the American people can look at what it is that these people are voting on and why. And then when that happens, we will actually have very real transparency. And yeah, you can't vote present. No, we are paying you like $170,000 a year to have your ass in that chair, Come on. okay, and to raise your hand, yay or nay. And you, if you can't do that, then STFU and GTFO will find somebody else. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, we're paying them that amount of money, Dude, and they, all they can say is, is I'm here. Present. I'm present. This is not high school. No, you don't get that option. We should absolutely remove that. Uh, Jacob, we, we only got a couple minutes left on, on this episode. Uh, you have agreed to do a second part with us. We're going to do more of an X-Files type episode. Uh, really, we're going to hit the subjects that are just the mind benders because you're not afraid to talk about it, as are we. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a, a fascinating conversation. It already really has been, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, you... you, you if you've got people that, that watch our show that are considering voting for you, I want to hear, you know, a, a minute-long stump speech. Why should people vote for you for Congress? Because they don't have real representation in the U.S. Congress. And there are no strings on me. I'm not accepting campaign donations from super PACs or political parties or the American people, for that matter. I want them to hold on to their money. I think big money is a big problem in American politics. So I'm not accepting campaign donations. Um, I also am running as a third party candidate because I believe the two party system has divided this country and taken everything from the American people in the process. And all we've gotten for having everything taken from us and being divided is more wars, more poverty, more pollution, more taxes, crisis after crisis after crisis after crisis, and less freedoms. And Gandhi once said that if you cooperate with an evil system, you contribute to its evil. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And I refuse to cooperate with an evil system, and I am not insane. So I'm doing something different. And when it comes down to why should people vote for me? Because at this point, nobody in the Congress and nobody running for Congress understands the situation the way that I do. And if, because if they did, they would have gone with my campaign platform a long freaking time ago. Nobody has the courage to say, no, this is what we need to fix. Now, final point on that. After I did my interview with Newsmax on, I believe it was November 13th of uh, last year, Matt Gates came out with an anti-corruption plan where he took three of the four aspects to my campaign platform and combined them all together into an anti-corruption plan that was trying to get rid of uh, lobbying, insider trading, and create term limits. And... Representative Khanna out of California also used some of these talking points, used some of these ideas on the House floor. So this says right then and there that some of these people that are already in Congress looked at what it is that I had to say and looked at what it is that I was going for and said, that's a good idea. We need to do that, Republican and Democrat alike. And if it takes somebody wearing horns and face paint to come in and tell the Congress how to do their freaking job and then actually get it done, then why wouldn't you want to vote for me? Why wouldn't you want to vote for somebody that's actually going to represent you and your interests as an individual in this country with a sovereign body and sovereign, God-given, unalienable rights? I am going to protect those rights with all of me and in more than one way. Man, I am. I am motivated. And up. I just met a unicorn, a politician that doesn't ask for money. I didn't think they existed. I, I'm still, but but I'm here still, we go. I'm not a politician. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I'm, not that's a politician. The thing. I'm not a politician. <laughs> and that's good. the thing. We don't need more politicians. They're part of the problem, not part of the solution. I'm not going to D.C. to make a career, you guys. I'm going to D.C. to make a change. Why would somebody that wants a career in D.C. create an amendment for term limits? <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. All right. Well, we're, we're going to be right back. Stay tuned for part two. MyPillow.com has got more than just pillows. You've got your slippers, your bathrobes. You have towels that actually dry you off, not the kind you buy at Walmart where it's just 
kind of a slick mess. Uh, they have got some of the best products out there. The sheets are absolutely incredible. I think it's a thousand count. It's, it's the best products you can buy. And the pillows even have silencer technology in it. And so if, if you need a day where you're just going to scream into your pillow, don't worry, your neighbors won't hear you. Why would you want to go to Bed Bath & Beyond? First of all, they're out of business. You want to go support an American-made product, go to MyPillow.com. And then you're also supporting one of the nation's most, I would say, Jesus-filled and a company that is completely, completely built on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So you're getting a two-for-one there. You know you've wanted good night's sleep for years. You, you're, you're, you're tossing, you're turning. Just go now. Go to MyPillow.com. Use promo code Church and State. C-H-U-R-C-H-A-N-D-S-T-A-T-E. That's Church and State. All right. Joining us once again, uh, Jacob, you, uh, you, I mean, you blew our minds. We love hearing your, your vision for what America could look like. And uh, we're going to continue into that conversation a little bit. And then we're going to start uh, discussing some, some wild subjects, some, some areas that maybe oh, the three of us are attracted to that, that most people don't actually approach. I'm all for it. Let's do it, gentlemen. All right. Gabe, you had the idea of doing a, a potpourri-like uh, topic, like just throw a whole bunch and see what sticks, right? Yeah. So we are going to go into the ether of off-the-wall subjects. And, 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 and here's the thing, man. You need to lead us uh, into wherever this goes, um, and we're going to follow you wherever it leads, brother. So <clears throat> there's some things that are coming up over and over again right now in the, in the media. Uh, we see... Caleb and I have talked about for years, we've talked about for years, the pedophilia going on in the United States and the trafficking of human beings, children specifically. We see the movie come out that kind of addressed that, uh, that uh, Jim Caviezel starred in. We also have the subject of UAPs, okay? We, we see uh, Miami, 75 cop cars show up downtown. We don't know what the heck is the real truth. But young people are talking about Nephilim and stuff like that. Now, that conversation's coming out quite a bit. La last thing I want to talk about is we're seeing uh, Israel begin to get closer and closer and closer to what we, we call a, a what was, this would be the third temple um, conversation, where as far as the, the Holy of Holies, trying to find it, all of that creates World War Opportunities. And then, uh, Caleb, is there anything you want to think? Like, those those are, are three strong topics. Let's let Jacob choose and see where the conversation leads us. Well, interestingly enough, it actually all ties together. So let's start with um, what you were saying about pedophilia, okay? So when you look into people like Jeffrey Epstein, right, and what he was doing, uh, what that has to do with is the controlling of governments, corporations, and banking institutions, as well as the medical and the science apparatus. If you look at the people that were in league with and participating in whatever Jeffrey Epstein was doing, you find entertainers, you find politicians, you find CEOs, you find bankers, you find lawyers, you find scientists, you find doctors. So what it's about is maintaining something that's called full-spectrum dominance. It's a military term. And full-spectrum dominance starts with, number one, the control of the minds of the population through things like psychological warfare, psyops, and propaganda. That's in media, that's in entertainment, in pop culture, in politics, etc. Then from there, you get control of the land, and that includes like the water supply and the food supply. You get control of things like the seas. You get control of things like the air and the airspace, get control of things like uh, subterranean, deep underground military bases, extraterrestrial space and satellites, um, chemical and biological weapons and agents. You get control of technological stuff like, uh, you know, the cell phone, cell phone towers, computers, smart TVs, radio, etc. You also gain control of the medical apparatus and the currency. OK, that creates full spectrum dominance. That means that Basically, a handful, less than 1% of the population, is controlling every aspect to our life through one or all of the controlling all of these industries. So when we talk about pedophilia, it's almost like an insurance policy on behalf of these less than one percenters that are seeking to maintain the system of full spectrum dominance so they can monopolize all our resources, labor, and currency. Now, 
that gives them full control over every man, woman, and child, not just now, but into the future, because this process has been unfolding for a long time. Now, how do you, how do you, how do you corrupt whole governments? How do you corrupt a whole nation system? Well, obviously the media plays a role, but first of all, you have to corrupt the, in our case, in the United States, the checks and balances portions of the system. So we have a three branch government system, each with checks and balances, right? Now, you don't have to corrupt the whole government system. You just got to corrupt the checks and balances portions. And then lo and behold, you've corrupted the system and you're able to centralize power. Then you have the bureaucracy. Okay, and the bureaucracy is over 500 federal bureaucratic agencies that are charged with regulating commerce. And these regulations are essentially a form of legislation or law, which is legislative. They also have their own regulatory enforcement agents that enforce these regulations. That's executive. They also have their own administrative courts that are outside the federal court system. That's judicial. And our founders defined tyranny as the consolidation of all three branches of government into a single centralized power, like what they were dealing with at the crown. So how this ties into like corruption and pedophilia and stuff like that is if you place at the top of each of these 500 bureaucratic agencies, somebody that is in league with all of this stuff, right? Then from the top down, they're able to control industry. Whoever controls that person at the top, they're able to control all of our economy. And then lastly, you have the international corporations, the international banking cartels, etc., who too also have corrupted individuals at these high levels of these institutions that are involved in a lot of this stuff. And then so they're actually the ones writing the regulations for the government to enforce and the the corporations are also lobbying the bureaucrat. I mean the uh, the politicians in the three branch government system, and this is how they centralize power and they, how they create control. Now, how does this relate to things like, for example, uh, Satanism or something like that? If you look into the testimony of Ronald Bernard, he's a Dutch international banker that was a part of these satanic banking cartels. And he talks about how he went to these events, you know, he went to these rituals and stuff, didn't think much of it. And then he was invited to another one where they had him come up to the altar. They put a knife in his hand and they put an infant on the altar. Okay. now, if you look back into antiquity, what you find is things like Baal and Moloch and child and human sacrifice. These things were done in Sumer and Babylon and Persia and Greece. They were done in the Roman Empire. They were done in, in England. I mean, like. This stuff is pervasive throughout human history, and it's because these individuals actually worship Saturn. Okay, Saturn and Saturnism and Satanism are essentially the same thing. In Greek mythology, Satan or Saturn is Kronos, and Kronos eats his children. So this is where we get into things like cannibalism. This is where we get into things like blood drinking, where we get into things like ritual sacrifice, because they actually believe that when they do these black magic rituals, they are offering over their children's or these children or human beings' souls to Satan. Now, this ends up where we kind of get into the whole UAP thing. So the human perception is less than 1% of the, of the electromagnetic spectrum, right? Now, there is life everywhere within that little less than 1% of the light spectrum we perceive. It's down at the bottom of the oceans. It's up in the air. It's, you know, in places like Death Valley. It's all the way down on a microscopic and beyond microscopic level. Life is everywhere in that little less than 1% of the spectrum. So why wouldn't it be outside in the other 99% that we don't perceive with our five senses? This is where we get into angelic and demonic entities, okay? So, there are layers to the electromagnetic spectrum, layers to the ether, and we call this the spirit world in shamanism. Now, there are entities on the lower end frequency of the electromagnetic spectrum, the infrared side, and those are the demonic entities, low frequency entities. They thrive on fear. They thrive on chaos, war, death, famine, disease, uh, drought, uh, destruction. Okay, and they feed on that energy, which is why the system that we're using, which is run by underground satanic groups and Luciferian groups, which is why they create so much chaos, war, famine, disease, death, destruction, you know, etc. Now, on the other side, you have the ultraviolet side, and that's where you get like angelic entities, high frequency entities. Now, 
the angelic side, they don't really interfere with humanity unless they are like beckoned or called, unless you pray to them, unless you intercede with them willfully. Whereas on the other side, the demonic side, they attempt to interfere in human behavior so they can create these negative timelines that actually feed them and these dark entities. And so when we see things like UAPs, we may not necessarily just be talking about physical craft, okay? In many cases, we're talking about angelic entities that have the ability to astral project or bilocate into our dimension where we perceive them with our five senses, okay? And think about this. In the Bible, when an angel is encountered, by a prophet encounters an angel, what does the angel say? Be not afraid, yes. right? So they don't feed on the fear. They're trying to be like, no, dude, hey, I know this is tripping you the heck out right now, but it's all good. I'm here to help you. Don't freak out. I have a message for you from God, okay? Whereas on the other side, the demonic entities feed on that fear. They possess people's bodies. Now, um, one other thing about the UAP phenomena is that because these entities are not controllable by the government per se, the government has attempted to use technology and the laws of physics to get on a level where they are able to match the UAP phenomena with craft, with like engines and with uh, vehicles that are able to go outside of the space-time dimensions and into these higher level dimensions that are beyond what we would call, you know, the five senses and human perception. So when you when they do that, What's actually happening is that they're almost going into like what could be considered like a hyperdimensional tesseract of sorts. Have you guys seen the movie Interstellar? Yes. Okay. Remember when he's in his uh, daughter's room and he's like on the outside, on the on the outside pushing the books through and yeah, stuff like sand, that. Yeah, the sand, the sand off the at the top of the dust actually right, messages right. her because he's affecting it. Right now, that's kind of like a tesseract of possibilities that is in this hyperdimensional state. And what these vehicles allow them to do is enter that kind of a place where they are beyond time and space. And they're able to affect things similar to that astronaut, you know, poking the books or messing with the dust or hitting the watch or whatever. They're able to toy with physical reality from this other dimension. Now, these angelic and demonic entities have similar capabilities. You see, right. we see Ouija boards and, interaction with those people do it all the time. Well, but that's the dark side, right? So I don't advocate people do Absolutely. that. That's actually, no. it's like opening that's... up a neutral door. Thank you. And the only thing that's going to walk through usually is a demonic entity is going to be like something low frequency. So how this ties into, um, things like, uh, ancient history and stuff like that is that for thousands of years, People have been sacrificing children or they have been uh, sacrificing human beings, drinking blood, eating flesh. Or, and in many cases, when they're in these cults, these, these death cults, basically, they're doing these rituals where they're invoking these demonic entities, right? But that's not just it. What they're also allowing them to do in many cases is possess their bodies, and in the product, in the process of being possessed, their sexual appetites change, and they start to enjoy molesting children, raping children, killing people, etc. Okay, so when we talk about like these people at these really high levels in corporate structures, or in government, or in the media, entertainment, and stuff like that, the banking cartels. What we're seeing is that when these people move up into these institutions, they've also moved up into the in the satanic or Luciferian pyramid. And when they move up there, they're also moving up over here in this other pyramid, you see. And as they move up, they're moving up higher and higher within the satanic or Luciferian hierarchy. And that's why their appetites are such where they like children. Or And, and there's also something about it where like, in many cases, if you look into like Crowleyanity and like yes. Selimism and stuff like that, these people literally believe that by raping these children, they are becoming gods. They're literally absorbing their youth. They're like vampires, psychic vampires that are like sucking the soul out of these children. And in the, in the process, they're gaining some sort of occultic power that allows them to create their own universe and be a god of their own universe. Okay. It's ancient stuff, though. They were doing this stuff openly in Babylon. You know what I'm saying? And what's interesting about it and how this relates to things like Israel is that 
if you look into the Talmud, okay, the Talmud was written by the Sadducees and the Pharisees. There's a reason why the Talmud says stuff like Jesus is burning in excrement and urine in hell, right. okay? Because the Sadducees and the Pharisees were practicing this Babylonian black magic stuff, and Jesus knew it, and he called him out in the temple in public, and they hated him for it, okay? So they created the Talmud as a way of creating almost like a book that they can point to outside the Torah that says that they're allowed to do this stuff. This is also where we get into how in the Talmud it talks about how it's okay to rape a boy that's below nine years old or rape a girl that's below three years old, etc., and so it's this spiritual parasitism that is being pushed by the people that are not actually Jews, okay? Or in, in the case of like what's happening with the Muslims and uh, some of these people in Islam that are raping young boys and stuff like that, that's not actually in Islamic text. That's in the, what would be the equivalent of the Talmud for the Muslims, okay? Um, or when you look into the Catholic Church and the way priests are molesting children and stuff like that, and the Catholic Church is covering it up. We are talking about systemic levels of corruption and um, infiltration into human systems as a means of siphoning our spiritual energy and sacrificing it to these lower dimensional entities, these demons, and to Satan or Lucifer, whatever you want to call it. So Israel is not speaking really for the Jewish people. The Rothschilds purchased the land to make Israel. And the Rothschilds are like um, essentially like Khazarians. They're like Eastern European Jews. That, right. that They're not actually Jewish because they're practicing this Babylonian stuff that is not in the Torah. It has nothing to do with Judaism, but they use Judaism as a shield right. so that they can do this nefarious stuff and create a state where they can do stuff like, remember, Jeffrey Epstein was Mossad, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff ties into ancient, ancient traditions, and we are in a spiritual war that is culminating and has culminated up to this moment for thousands of years where the veil is being lifted. This is the apocalypse, okay? But the apocalypse isn't a bad thing. Apocalypse just means a big reveal or the revealing Revelation. the unseen, the lifting of the veil. And that's what's happening, is that the veil is being lifted. And now we're seeing uh, in a spiritual sense that there are that we're not alone on this planet, that there are demonic entities, there are angelic entities, and then there's human beings caught in the middle over this war for the planet yes. because the planet itself and collective consciousness of humanity actually has literally cosmic universal ramifications. If earth ascends, then these demonic entities starve and they are no longer able to penetrate other dimensions. If the earth descends into this hellish state, then the demonic entities are able to take it over. And with that, they're able to bring the universal consciousness down a notch. So good. Hey, I, dude, this has been insane. Just listening to this. Have you seen, I got, cause we're here. Have you seen the TV show where stranger things, they have this place called the, the upside down. Have you seen this TV show? The stranger things. Okay. Well, no, I've heard I, about it though. I know you got a lot on your plate, but the reality is, is the writers have created all boss based on the Montauk monster. Caleb and I have studied about that. What really happened in New York? Did this thing get released? Did they open up a dimension, some type of wormhole? Reality is this. We, you know, you were talking about Thelema for a second, um, which this is not just for crazy people. Uh, Jack Parsons was a, a rocketry specialist who was a complete, like, insane gifted person but yet he was following the practice of Thelema Crowley believed as above so below you know we see these things with the hand up and the hand down simultaneously we have the universe that we see going on right now and there's an invisible realm Paul said we wrestle not against flesh and blood this is this is a very true statement but we wrestle against principalities spirits uh the, the greek word is archons these these guys have been around for a long time we have only been alive for at you know it, it, you're the best you're going to do is 100 these guys have been alive since the beginning of time and a third of them fell away from god 
yeah, which and, means we have the, hop, the, the the upper hand. Yeah, and, and let me just add there as well, because you're, you're bringing up Stranger Things. You know, you're talking about these portals. You know, this isn't outside the realm of possibilities. You know, it's not just in television and in media. It, you know, they're, they're openly talking about CERN, which I'd be fascinated to get your, your yes. thoughts on CERN. But they're talking about being able to open up a portal and that there are dark things that are coming out of this portal. So, no, science is trying to open up that realm into the spirit world, which is what you were talking about. Yes. So what you're talking about when we talk about portals are called vortexes. That's technically the scientific term. Wormholes is another one. Einstein, Rosen Bridge. Um, but these vortexes are all over the planet. And that's why places like Washington, D.C. and the London Palace and the Vatican and all the United States uh, state capitals are all built on electromagnetic ley lines. These are the lines that go around the Earth. They also go all the way down to the core. And therefore, there's portions of the planet where these electromagnetic lines cross one another on the crust. This is where the pyramids, the obelisks, the ancient temples, and the medicine wheels are built. And it's because within these locations is heightened electromagnetic activity. Now, our thoughts and our emotions are electromagnetic frequencies. And in these uh, these areas, these ecosystems are these vortexes, these electromagnetic vortexes that are all entangled with one another through something called quantum entanglement. They're also interconnected with all of the other vortexes that are larger in size and scale outside of the Earth, in our solar system, in the galaxy, in the universe, and therefore they branch to other dimensions. Now, when these individuals like the Thelemites or Satanists, Luciferians, when they're doing these magical rituals, a lot of the time they're doing so in places like like Masonic lodges that are built on ley lines. And then when they're doing these satanic rituals and they're invoking these demonic entities, a lot of the time they're also doing so during certain planetary or astrological alignments so that the vortexes line up with the dimension they're trying to access. And then they're able to bring these entities through these portals and these vortexes to our planet. And in some cases they do so through things like sex magic, where they actually have one of these entities incarnate during the pregnancy of the sex magic ritual and they allow this person to grow into full you know age and it's actually this entity that is from this other dimension and they end up placing these entities at high levels of political entertainment corporate power banking power etc so when it comes to cern so if we it look as above so below is not wrong Okay, it's true in that what's happening on Earth is reflected in the cosmos and vice versa. Okay, now if you use that knowledge as a as a form of weaponry to spiritually attack other individuals, how would you do that? Well, you do it by number one, distorting the calendar. So we're going based off the Gregorian or the Julian calendar, which is totally outside of the cycles of time that are like the natural clockwork of the universe itself. So we're being taken out of sync with the time-space dimension and given a false paradigm to live within. And interesting enough, the Julian or Gregorian calendar is actually based on the Roman taxation uh, calendar. So if you look at the way that the monetary system ties in with the, the calendar and the way the monetary system controls people's um, exchange of goods and services and the way that the calendar controls people's perception of time, then we're really beginning to get into how it is we're being pulled into this illusion that has been constructed by these people that practice these occultic rituals, okay? Now, with all of that being said, they are still tapped into the natural cycles. They understand as above, so below. So when these astrological alignments take place, they understand that's the time to bring these things from this other dimension to this planet, you see? And because as above, so below. Now, when it comes to CERN, CERN is destroying quantum particles. They're destroying atoms and stuff like that to see the effects and figure out the Big Bang, all that stuff, right? Well, that's their excuse. Actually, if you look at um, the dimensions properly, you can view the quantum world as, um, as little universes, okay? So when they are destroying these quantum particles or these atoms, they're literally destroying universes. And in a way, what they're doing is they are 
um, ensuring that certain timelines do not occur and that the timelines where they're doing these Luciferian satanic experiments do occur. I don't know if you guys have seen the video where that got that group of people in hoods is outside of CERN doing that magic ritual. Yep. Okay. Yeah. But they're affecting the quantum realm. What's that? They tried to say it's satirical. Like it was just, just a joke. You know, doing no, that in front of a Shiva. It, it's very caricature. serious. And if yeah. that's what they're doing above ground, imagine what they're doing below ground. Wow. And if you have scientists and doctors that are involved with Jeffrey Epstein, what do you think the scientists at CERN are doing? Okay. Um, so by doing, look, look at it like this. Imagine the amount of possibilities that would be available to humanity if they weren't destroying the atomic, uh, you know, the, the universal uh, atomic structures on a regular basis over in CERN, right? Now, them doing that actually very much limits the possibilities for us because that we're living in a world where they are doing these experiments that are destroying the fabric of the universe on a quantum level. Now, when they incorporate these magic rituals, they're also affecting the quantum particles and how they spin in these experiments, and everything in the universe is connected through quantum entanglement. Right. So as they're doing this, they are literally affecting the somewhere entirety else. of the universe. What's yeah, that? This, this, has somewhere, this has effects, cause and effect somewhere else. Any particle in the universe you destroy, they've, they've through string theory, proven that you can literally send matter in space, uh, or you can send matter anywhere in space. So this this has some type of cause and effect, and even if it's on a micro, like quantum scale, just like you said, Caleb. What are your thoughts on all this, man? I, I this is we've gone deep. It, gone it's so a deep. fascinating conversation. You know, when dumb. when uh, when Gabe asked you those those three original questions, uh, most individuals who we might interview would have a hard time uh, bringing all yeah. that together. And you did. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, this is something that we've talked about a lot on Church and State is everything is interconnected. Uh, you cannot take one subject and say this has nothing to do with what's going on over here. You know, the, the, the element of control that you brought up, uh, this is nothing new. It, 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 they've been doing this for a long time. Before it was the pedophilia, it was homosexuality. And we saw that with the, the actors in the 1940s and whatnot. If they could have that dirt on that individual, then they controlled them. And so once society uh, collectively as, as a whole has, has accepted more of, of the homosexual lifestyle, well, that's no longer a control element. So they got to introduce the pedophilia, and, that, and that's what you were talking about. But you have to understand, and I, and I hope our audience understands this, that everything is connected to exactly what Jacob was talking about, that there is a dark element that these individuals worship, and they want to bring these, these entities into the world. And they are doing anything that they can in order to do that. And that's why we're seeing this breakdown, this, this tearing of the veil, as, as you so well put, because that realm is starting to cross over. And we don't want that side to win, guys. This is, this is what we're talking, what we're doing, you know, political, everything like that. It's, it's very important. But combating this dark element, having access to the earth there is nothing more important than combating that. And so, Jacob, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we've gone a little bit over once again, but I, I love what you're doing, and we're going to have to have you back on. Um, real quick for the audience as well, uh, throw out your two websites so people can find you. Sure. So if you like some of the stuff I've said thus far regarding spiritual stuff, um, you can go to ForbiddenTruthAcademy.com. That's Forbidden, T-R-U-T-H, TruthAcademy.com where we have like dozens of hours of content. We got free courses. We have my podcast, Forbidden Truth Podcast, that you can listen to. We have a bunch of interviews. All of it's there for free. Um, we got some great merchandise you can check out. We also have uh, my book, one Mind at a Time, A Deep State of Illusion at the base of the page. If you're like a book person, then you can check that out. It's 150 pages. It's only $9.99. And it lifts the veil on everything deep state. It lifts the veil on everything occult and how all this stuff works. Uh, then there's also shamanforcongress.com. At shamanforcongress.com, that is my website. You can sign my petition as long as you're in District 8, as long as you're a libertarian, an independent, or no party affiliation. You can sign my petition to get me on the ballot. You can check out my policies. You can understand why it is that I'm going with District 8. Um, a little bit of a bio on me, and there's a bunch of interviews on there as well. Literally no other candidate has a website like this with all of this information and the reasons why for the policies and um, you know all the length to some of the interviews that I have. It's all there on shamanforcongress.com. 
Fantastic. Well, hey, we really appreciate your time. Like I said, stick we, on for we, a second. We, we got gotta, a couple of quick yeah, questions. Yeah, for definitely. You. But we got to have you back on. So love you, man. Thank you for doing everything you're doing. Thank you, guys. It was a pleasure. I had fun. Amen. Yeah. Church of State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Pastor Gabe. A calm does not suit me. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire. The doctor that I recommend for all of your needs is the underground clinic doctor, Dr. Troy Spurl. Because Dr. Troy is the best doctor, bar none. You know, this is the great thing about officialsignups.com is it's in all 50 states. You don't have to be in, in Michigan or Minnesota. You can be in Hawaii, you can be in Florida, and you can find a doctor that you can trust. If you are still wearing a mask, if you have rolled up your sleeve and gotten all the jabs and all the boosters, then official signups is not for you. You want to go find the, one of those big pharma doctors that'll give you all the prescriptions you want and you can live a very sickly life well if you're looking for a, a doctor for yourself or maybe you're a doctor for your family or a doctor who's not going to push vaccines on you you want to go to officialsynapse.com you for sure need to mention church and state when you go to officialsynapse.com to take part in all the savings all the great deals for you and your family with the rise of the BRICS nations uh you've got a lot of nations that are gathering together and they're all doing a gold-backed currency the United States is not, and uh, the petrodollar is starting to fail. And my suggestion to all of you would be to get behind gold and silver because that is the currency that is always going to have value. I might not be a gold or silver guru, but I want to have something tangible in my hands at the end of the day. So I would definitely recommend every one of you go to BH dash pm.com all you got to do is look around and see that the price of of everything is increasing gold and silver is on the rise it's being artificially suppressed you want to schedule a consultation right now so that your families don't end up in the bread line and you're saying please sir can i have some more stop waiting what are you waiting for four years from now prices are going to be absolutely astronomical go to bh dash pm.com get a consultation now you definitely want to mention church and state. It will get you the best prices. It will get you the best consultation advice. Use church and state when you go to bh-pm.com. You do not want to eat synthetic meat. If you if you can grow a meat in a lab, if, if you want to go ahead and have Soylent Green on the table, feel free to eat this garbage that Target's trying to throw out. But if you want actual meat that's been freeze-dried, it's been then processed by actual human beings, Go to griddownchowdown.com. Look, the World Economic Forum has declared a war on red meat. They hate the cows. They hate the cow farts. There is supply chain issues. And uh, for me, you can pry my steak from my cold, dead hands. If you want a meat that's going to last freeze-dried 10 years or more, this is the product you want. I want all of you to go to griddownchowdown.com. Use the promo code Church and State. These are fantastic freeze-dried raw beef the blood is still in it you just rehydrate it and add it to your favorite meal and you are ready to go and remember the holy word of god tells us for one person has faith to eat all things while another who is weak eats only vegetables that's romans 14 2. this was sacred to god now this is exactly why i need some action for my people Everybody, it's an honor to be with you.